Well, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, it's great to be with you here today, and I just pray that God's shalom, his joy, and his love would be in your homes as we sang here today. And uh, as you're in your homes, I've been thinking about how everybody's been homeschooling. You know, before we might have some homeschoolers, some people in private schools, some people in public schools, charter schools, but now everybody's being homeschooled. And I was thinking about that because I was homeschooled up until eighth grade, and then I got expelled halfway through the year. Uh, I don't know if it was just the teacher or the principal didn't like me, but halfway through the year, they got rid of me and kicked me out. And, uh, and I went to uh, public school for the first time in my life. And it was, it was difficult and was hard. And on top of that, we had just moved. Uh, we had moved 20 minutes out uh, to a rural area outside of the city where we were living. And so I had to say goodbye to a lot of my friends. And it was tough because in the homeschool community, I had just gotten selected for the number two spot in a play, uh, Pilgrim's Progress. I was going to be, I think, faithful. And my best friend was going to be Pilgrim. And so I was super excited. My best friend and I, we got the two main spots. And I was super excited. And then my parents say, we're moving and you're going to public school. And uh, the two changes kind of happened gradually. Uh, but over the process of a few different months, I got disconnected from all of my friends. And it was a tough time in my life and in my siblings' lives. They got expelled too. And, uh, but as I look back, I can see that even though it seemed like I was disconnecting from my friends and my life was changing, I was moving, and things were falling apart from what I had hoped, God was actually using that time to prepare me and to prepare us. Because then, a few months later, we moved to Florida. And as I reflected later on in high school, I realized if we had just went from me being homeschooled uh, with all my friends to moving straight to Florida, it would have been really tough on me. Uh, I think it would have been really tough on all of uh, my family. But because it kind of happened gradually, because first we moved 20 minutes away and then, uh, I, and then I went to public school, because of those things, uh, I was able to slowly get used to it, and God was able to prepare me for the difficult change that was coming. And I don't think I would have been ready to move to Florida if God hadn't done it the way he did it. And as I look back, I think God was preparing me through that difficult experience. And as I look at the scriptures we're going to look at today, I can see that what Yeshua is saying is that difficult experiences, they can derail us, or we can allow God to use it to prepare us for what he has for us next in our lives. And so uh, we're in a series called The Doctor's Orders in the Book of Luke, a pre-Passover series looking at the things that Yeshua taught about in the days leading up to the Passover as recorded by Luke. And Luke was a doctor and he used his skill and his attention to detail at examining things and recording things and he used all of that to record and examine the life of Yeshua and write it down for us. And so we've been going through chapters uh, 20 to, and we're going to end in 20, uh, chapter 22 next week, going through a four-part series in the book of Luke, Luke, looking at what are the things that Yeshua taught. Because as Yeshua taught in the first century, what we see in the book of Luke is that what his words did is it brought healing and shalom to the people who embraced them. And today for us, in the weeks and in the days now leading up to Passover, if we embrace Yeshua's words, it can bring healing and shalom to our lives. And so uh, as I'm going to open up the ark and just pray with you as we invite God to guide us in his word and to lead us into the life that he has for us. 
Father, we thank you that Shabbat is a day that you have set apart, that you have set apart for us to rest and to be refreshed in you, but a day for us to hear your voice. And Father, I pray today that we would hear your voice clearly and it would bring new life to us. In Yeshua's name, amen. So today we're in Luke 21, verse 5. And to give some context, what's happening is Yeshua is in the temple with his disciples in the days leading up to the Passover. It was just a few days from the time that Ron was describing earlier where he was given this tremendous gift where this woman uh, breaks a jar and gives this offering to him. And so within the same time period of the days leading up to Passover, and he's in the temple, and the disciples and the people with him are admiring just how gorgeous the temple is. The beautiful stones, just the way it's decorated, it's incredible. It was like one of the wonders of the ancient world. And as they're admiring this, Yeshua says to them in verse 6, he says, as for these things that you're looking at, Days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. Everyone will be torn down. And they questioned him, saying, Teacher, Rabbi, so when will these things happen? What, what will be the sign that these things are about to take place? So they're asking Yeshua, how are we going to know when the temple is going to be destroyed? But Yeshua just, just doesn't answer their question. He also tells them about what's going to be the sign and what to look for for when he returns at the end of the world. And he also tells them how to live in every crisis in between. In this passage, Yeshua deals with the question, how do we deal with crises, crises nationally, crises globally? And he goes from everything from the destruction of the temple to the end of the world and how to handle everything in between in this passage. How do we deal with crises that affect us, our lives, our families, the nation that we live in, and that ripple across the world? And in this passage of Scripture, as we just go chapter by chapter through Luke, that's what he tackles today. How do we deal with crisis? And the first thing that he tells them is, beware of people who come in my name saying, I am he, or that the time is now. The first thing he warns them about in this wake-up call for them is to be aware that people are going to con them. To be aware that they, in their moment of need, in their moment of vulnerability, people are going to give them false hopes. And the first thing he wants to warn them about is false hopes. He says, people are going to come claiming my identity and my authority as Messiah, and they're going to tell you the time is now for our redemption to beat Rome. Our time is now for the next thing to happen. And he says, don't believe them. Don't be led astray by them. In the Greek, he's, he's saying, don't let them lead you from truth to deception. People are going to come in moments of vulnerability, prey on our weakness, and try to give us false hope. And Yeshua warns us ahead of time, watch out, look out, stay alert, stay ready, because it's coming. The first thing that Yeshua wants us to know in times of crisis is to look at where are we placing our hope. Because in life, we can place our hope that something is going to get better. Uh, one of my books that I read growing up from my dad's library was Good to Great. And in the book, Jim Collins talks about the Stockdale uh, paradox. And Stockdale was an admiral, uh, an admiral in the U.S. Navy during the Vietnam War, and he was captured. And, he, and they, because he was so high-ranking, because he was an admiral, because he was one of the top dogs in the Navy, they were going to let him go. 
but he said, nope, I want to stay here with my men, with the people fighting for the United States. I'm going to stay with them in this prisoner of war camp. And he noticed during his time there, he said, the first people to die were the optimists. Because they said, okay, we're going to get out by Thanksgiving. We're going to be free. And then Thanksgiving came and went. And then they'd say, okay, we're going to be out by Christmas. And then Christmas came and went. And then they said, okay, well, we'll be out by Easter. And then Easter came and went. And he said it was the optimists who had hope that eventually realized that what they had was false hope. And they lost their will to live. And they were the first ones to die. And so in the Stockdale principle in this book, Good to Great, what they teach is we want to embrace the brutal facts of reality while never giving up the hope that we will prevail in the end. We don't know when the end is. We can't set a timetable for it, how it's going to happen. But what Yeshua says, it's, it's not about hoping that something happens. It's about hoping in him. And Yeshua is saying that if we latch on to false hopes, hoping that something happens, or hoping in other people, unfortunately, no matter how great those other people are, or no matter how predictable the thing is, every other hope is a false hope. At some point, it's going to let us down. And Yeshua is saying, don't be led into deception by con artists who get, get you up on false hopes because you have a certain and a living hope. And so the question I have as I read that is, how can we tell the difference between deception and truth? Because lots of times, it's tricky, right? It, it, we wouldn't fall for cons and scams and frauds if it was easy to tell the difference. So how do we know? Because unfortunately, like from the very beginning with the fall with Adam and Eve and the snake, deception takes some truth, twists it, turns it just a little bit, and before we know it, we've been led astray into something that leads to death. How can we know the difference between deception and truth? As we look for leaders, as we look for things to follow, how can we tell the difference? And as I look at the scriptures, I see three things that set apart truth, from deception. The first is the authority of Scripture. Lots of times when we have people who are cult leaders or who are deceiving others or con artists, if you look at how do they respond to authority, lots of times they don't respond to authority well or they build structures and systems where they're not accountable to any authority. But when we look at Yeshua and everything, he was submitted to the Father and submitted to the authority of Scripture. And that's the example for us as we look at things. Is this person, is this thing submitted to the authority of Scripture? And how do they res respond to authority in their life? The second thing is the supremacy of Yeshua. In first, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, Rabbi Paul warns Timothy, he says, in the last days, it's going to be hard. He says, the last days will be hard times, and people are going to be lovers of self, lovers of money, arrogant and prideful. And he says, watch out, because false teachers are going to come and they're going to prey on weak-willed people who are struggling with sin and struggling with issues in the world of their life, and they're going to take advantage of that. But he says to them, take hold of what I've taught you to be rooted and grounded in Yeshua. He says this in 2 Timothy. He says it in Colossians. He says, be rooted and grounded in Yeshua that you don't fall prey to empty philosophy and to the forces of this world. The difference between deception and truth, the second difference is the supremacy of Yeshua. Because in deception, 
something else is going to be the ultimate thing. It could be self-expression and freedom. It could be tradition. It could be anything. But when anything takes the top place, the top value, the top importance above the supremacy of Yeshua, it's only a matter of time before it leads us into a place where we didn't want to go until we realize that we've been conned. The first thing is the authority of Scripture. The second thing is the supremacy of Yeshua. And the third thing for separating truth from deception is consistency. As we look at people, as we want to follow them, is, it, is what they teach, how does that line up with what they teach, line up with what the, how they live? Is there consistency between what they teach and how they live? Because unfortunately, too many times, we can see leaders, political, religious, in every area of life, that there's not consistency between what they say and what they do. And if we look for that consistency, it can help us tell the difference between con artists who want to control us, destroy us, or use us, or the truth that wants to set us free. And so Yeshua says to them, when you go through crisis, watch out, because deception's coming. It's not a matter of if, but when somebody tries to con you, scam you, and to give you false hope. But if you hold on to me, if you hold to the authority of Scripture, the supremacy of Yeshua, and if you look for consistency between what people teach and how they live, you can stay on the path of truth and the path of life. And, and we can live a life of certain and living hope as opposed to false hope. And then the second thing Yeshua warns them about is he says, watch out that you're not terrorized by what comes. Because when things hit us in life, Yeshua says, before the end, you're going to face crisis. He says, there are going to be famines, shortages of food. He says, there are going to be our epidemics, not unlike what we're going through now. He says, there are going to be earthquakes. There's going to be all sorts of natural and man-made disasters. And the question that's going to have is, is it going to terrorize you? Because in life, when there's chaos, when there's instability, when the things that we relied and depend upon are falling apart, where are we going to ha- what is our basis of security? And he says to them, in those moments when you're persecuted, he says, don't prepare in advance what you're going to say because the Spirit will give you the words. He says, in those moments, you're going to be betrayed by even friends and family. He says, in those moments, you might be rejected by your communities, by the synagogues. In those moments, you might be persecuted by the government. And the second thing he tells them is to watch out for broken security systems. That our life so many times is based on the security from the love of our family and friends, from the acceptance of our community, from the protection that the government gives us. And he says, but the problem is that ultimately our security needs to be found in him alone. To not lean on our own understanding, to not have our security be rooted in the support of our loved ones or communities or the protection of the government. But that ultimately, if Yeshua is our security, if Yeshua is our hope, that no matter what crisis comes our way, we have a rock-solid foundation in him throughout all of time and no matter what happens. Yeshua says, watch out because there are going to be false hopes and broken security systems. But if you place your hope and security in me, you will endure to the end. And the Shabbat, Yeshua's word for us, is to hold on to Yeshua because then we can endure to the end. 
And I pray that during the Shabbat, that you would have the shalom of God and hear his voice, his words that never pass away, that endure to the end. And may his words give us shalom on this Shabbat. Shabbat shalom. Thank you.